What is good, Sixers Nation? Back at it again, man. We got the guys back. Pre-draft show, Philadelphia 76ers edition. It's draft eve, man. We only got one draft pick. But the news and rumors never stop, man. Lots going on today. We're going to break it all down, man. You know how it rolls. You know how it goes. 80 people in the chat. Wherever you guys are watching, man, hit that thumbs up button, man, for the squad. Hit that subscribe button. Let's go, man. Less than 24 hours. We got the guys. We're going to break it all down, man. Excited to be back. Let's go. I'm RB. We got Romp, DJ Eastwood. We're live on two channels. Philly Take with RB and Run It Back Philly. Shout out to Sixers Talk with Romp as well. We're back. We're going to be talking about the draft tomorrow night. Like I said, only one draft pick. But you know how a Sixers offseason goes, man. Never dry. A lot going on. We have rumor left, rumor right. Could we, you know, pull off a trade on draft night? Could one of your favorite Sixers be on the move? We will discuss it all, man. Romp, DJ, what's going on, fellas? How are we feeling? I'm feeling good. I, I really am. Um I'm kind of nervous for what's going down. I know we're building the Philadelphia Rockets, it seems like. Um, But I think there's some stuff to be encouraged about, but there's also some things that need to be handled. Uh, Doc Rivers, but that's not going to happen, unfortunately. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm happy to be here. Rob, that was positive, man. Oh, my. (laughs) I'm working on it. Times are changing, man. Times are changing. I'm working on it. It is the it is becoming the <laughs> Philadelphia Rockets, but it's the Philadelphia Rockets plus Joel Embiid, something mm. the Rockets never had. Um, but also, it's it's only the Philadelphia Rockets if James Harden semi gets back to, you know, what what he's what he's supposed to be or what he's capable of in shape. Um, so we'll see about that. But yeah, I'm feeling pretty good too, man. I'm feeling pretty good. I think Daryl Morey knows that he has a lot of work to do. You can't come back with the same team. You can't run it back. Can't do it. Uh, he knows that. Um, so he's going to try his best to make some things happen for sure. Yeah, man. Sixers trying to finish that unfinished business of the 2018 Rockets, apparently. We'll talk Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker. All right. You're, you know, Danny Green could be on the move. Matisse Thybul. We'll talk about the 23rd overall pick. Will the Sixers end up keeping the pick? We only have one draft pick. So it's like it's a different type of vibe here. You know, with draft night coming up tomorrow, uh, but we're gonna try to break it all down and and you know give some thoughts. We'll also hit the call in line later on, so be sure to stay tuned in if you want to give your thoughts. Call into the show. We'll put the number up a little later on. 
Um, but yeah, how about we started off with some news that actually just went down a little while ago, not Sixers related, but trade frenzy is kicking off at the right time. It's not even draft day yet. And we got it going on already. That is right. Little while ago, this news coming out, the Detroit Pistons trading Jeremy Grant to the Portland Trailblazers for a 2025 first round pick via Milwaukee. A lot of uh, you know reaction wow. on both sides. Some people saying, "Oh, that's all it took." Other people saying, "Pistons did what they needed to do." Now they have thirty-four million in cap space. Um, guys, your thoughts on this? Any any uh, input here? I know um, some people like Jeremy Grant. Dame, you got to get out, man. What are you I doing think... here? Oh no, uh, Dame, Dame's staying for the rest of his career now. <laughs> go ahead, Rump. I think it's a good deal for both sides. Um, I think the reason they didn't get a lot back is because it's, it's an expiring deal. So Jeremy Grant would have to want to be in Portland. Supposedly he wants to be there, so they're probably going to sign him long term. So I think a lot of teams were iffy to go for Jeremy Grant just because you know that he didn't want to sign with them. So, but I think I mean it seems like a first round pick's pretty damn valuable. I mean Christian Wood to the Mavs for basically a first round pick, and now Jeremy Grant to the Detroit Pistons for a 20 to 30 first round pick. Most likely it's going to be because it's the Bucks and Giannis is going to have that team winning. So first round picks seem very valuable in my opinion. Yeah. I, um, I think it shows, I didn't think it was a lot. I mean, just that pick doesn't seem like a lot to me just based on like the perception that Jeremy Grant has had the past couple of years. Like, and it, it was always this, is he really the, the, a number one or is he only dropping 25 a game because he's taking 26 shots on Detroit Pistons? Um, and I, I've, you know, people have thrown his name out there for the Sixers a lot of times. And I just always kind of thought he was overrated. I think he's a lot better now than he was when he was here, when he was younger. But uh, I think this shows that he's, this shows kind of what he's worth. Like, we're not going to give you a haul for Jeremy Grant. We know he was, you know, leading scorer on the team, I guess, or was it Cade Cunningham last year? I don't even know. But I just think this is what he's worth. Um, a late first-round pick. It is what it is. But you're right, it's expiring. He, I think he, he's come out and said before what he thinks of himself. He wants to be the number one option on a, on a team. Um, everyone's like, okay, Jeremy, calm down. You know what I mean? So I think this is like, all right, maybe he came to the realization, like, uh, I'll go to Portland and be number two to Dame, maybe. Maybe number three. <laughs> maybe Simons is number two. I don't know. I, f I feel like this was the the place where the Blazers finally get a guy they feel, you know, can, can be one of those guys. Because, you know, the Blazers aren't getting anybody in free agency. Um, Dame, his resiliency to, to keep going with this process. And, um, you know, they're talking about getting this guy, talking about Zach Levine. At the end of the day, the best you could get was – was Jeremy Grant. Um, it definitely shakes things up. I'm surprised, you know, they didn't even have to part with number seven. So I, I think it's actually a win there for the Blazers on uh, that aspect. But when you think about what Detroit's trying to do, I feel like it's a win-win. Um, you know, Detroit wanted to get him out of there. He did, He never fit. That contract was just absurd. I, you know, I like Jeremy Grant seeing him, you know, go through his career. But at the end of the day, like, <laughs> like DJ said, like, we kind of overvalued this guy. And, you know, a lot of people at one point were saying, this is the piece we need, right, to put us over the top. I don't know about that. I'll take I him. That. I would take Jeremy Grant. Well, so, I'm not saying I wouldn't take him, but 
is he the piece, you know, that puts a team over the top? I think that's the question. Not at that price. Like, it's almost like a Tobias Harris, almost, you know? Like, yeah. third or fourth option making, you know, now they, I mean, what was it, 34 million? 21 million trade exception? I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like a lot for, for Jeremy Grant. If you could get him at, at a contract that seems more his contribution level, then, yeah, I think any team would be happy to have him at a third or fourth option. Uh, depending yeah. on the other players, again, he's not – he has to fit right with certain guys. He's a certain type of player. You know, not enough yeah. of a sharpshooter to really stretch the floor for uh, – like, like I, I, I wouldn't want him here in Philly, especially with Tobias Harris at the four position. I wouldn't want him here. Yeah, I agree. I think that – um, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of like how the, the trades shape throughout, you know, uh, draft night. Like Romp said, you know, that Christian Wood trade, that was – I mean, that was something too. You know, the, the Rockets going in that direction, just taking on a bunch of uh, expiring pieces and, and probably going to get rid of them. And um, there's been some interesting trades. So I'm not putting it past Daryl Morey to get something done. Um, but let, let's talk about how you guys feel about Daryl Morey. A um, lot of lot of backlash over the last couple of days. You know, this whole news comes out about P.J. Tucker. <laughs> People are losing their minds. Um you guys know how I've historically felt about Daryl Morey. I think he's been put into a lot of a lot of tough situations. I'm not going to say he's been perfect. Um, the way I view it, you know, and it's been a while since we talked, but you know, Daryl Morey came in here the first off season. He got rid of Al Horford last last off season. Had to deal with the whole Ben Simmons thing, and now I feel like it's the Tobias Harris thing. Like I feel like each off season he's had this big roadblock in the way. Um, I'm actually predicting that Tobias gets traded this off season. Um, but even if he doesn't, Daryl Morey has his work cut out for him. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy that he's trying to go out and, and make some noise, man. What do you guys think? Well, I personally don't like him. Like he just annoys me, but he definitely has been put in a tough situation. I think people are kind of getting, uh, too wound up about the PJ Tucker signing. I actually like that. I think we should do whatever it takes to get PJ Tucker um, because he's exactly what we need. And I know it's an overpay, but like if you make the space, you're going to offer anyone 10 million. I, I thought it would only be like one year, 10 million or two years, 20 million, but three years, that's going to get you PJ Tucker because no one else is going to be offering that. And Miami is a very, very attractive destination especially when you consider that they're probably going to be landing another star because Pat Riley is a very good GM himself. So they're going to be doing some business. They're going to be back in the hunt. So PJ Tucker, he, he wouldn't mind going back to Miami. So you're going to have to make that offer very enticing. And I think he's exactly what we, we need. And I feel like all the people complaining about his contract, 15 games in the season, they would completely forget what he's making. Plus, Danny Green caught Danny Green got paid $10 million a year last year or whatever it was. And that dude moved like he was 40 <laughs> years old. So like at the end of the day, it's, it's not, it, it's an overpay for sure. And it's a poverty franchise move, but we are a poverty franchise. Let's just be real. So we're going to have to do it. I, I, I don't actually, unless if people didn't look at the, the age number, they wouldn't even know. They wouldn't even know P.J. Tucker was 37. They would not even know. He made James Harden look 57 in that series. They wouldn't even know. Um, and, and I think you have to base this off of 
his level of play right now and what he looks like right now and what you think he can give you for the next three years. Some guys can't play past 35. Some guys, I know guys that are in their mid-40s that run me off the court. Like, it's just, it, he just seems to be one of those guys that's not really slowing down, at least yet. Um, I think there would there would probably be a, some kind of option in the third year. Uh, you know, if he's 40 years old and, he's, and he could still get on the court and he could still help your team, then he plays that third year. Um, I don't even really think, when you bring up Danny Green, that makes me uh, feel like it's not really an overpay because, you know, you you paid Danny Green that money and that, all that dude could do was, was shoot <laughs> corner threes and literally nothing else. Can't dribble, can't pass, can't defend anybody. Sometimes he was still semi-decent uh, defender, but he wasn't really 3 and D anymore. Um, and P.J. Tucker, man. Philly's gonna love this dude. If 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 they get this done, this is a Philly guy. He's not from Philly, but this is a Philly guy. This is exactly the kind of guy that should be in this in this franchise. The fans are gonna absolutely love him. He you won't see him quit on a play. You won't see him not chase a loose ball out of bounds or or, or run for a loose ball in the fourth quarter of a meaningless game on a Monday night in the regular season. He's just that kind of guy. He's that annoying guy at the at the park that just hustles way too much and you're like bro seriously we're playing a pickup game calm down here that's pj tucker so i just think he's the type of player that that the fans are going to love and hey the the leading uh corner three-point shooter in the nba still 46.5 percent last year uh you know hustle stretch the floor um and work people in offensive rebounds and in game six of the uh miami heat series uh, he had the same amount of offensive rebounds as Joel Embiid with four. So uh, that just shows you how much he hustles at his size. Um, and nobody else, everybody else had one or zero. Uh, so I'm all in on PJ Tucker. I love it. Give him the 10 million. I don't care. Josh Harris's money, not mine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, here, here's a quote from uh, from Mark Stein, the article he put out. It says, if PJ Tucker is prepared to leave Miami, Philly is now regarded as by far the favorite to sign him away. Tucker poised to receive a three-year, $30 million contract in free agency. We just talked about that. A couple things I want to add uh, to everything you guys said, because I agree. Um, one thing I think that goes under noticed here is that, you know, the Sixers franchise needs to listen to Joel Embiid, right? We've obviously talked about Joel Embiid uh, being more vocal, you know, as a guy demanding what he wants. This was one of the first times Joel Embiid straight up came out and said, yo, we need P.J. Tucker-like guys on this team. And as soon as one of those guys becomes available, like you just said, who impacted a playoff series on both sides, I mean, the way he took James Harden out of some of those games was incredible. I mean, I forgot he was 37 years old. And, you know, when you have P.J. Tucker playing like that, and also, you know, being a former Daryl Morey guy, being on some of those good Rockets teams, being former teammates with James Harden, we need a guy that can kind of stay out of the way, you know, and impact, you know, on the defensive side of the ball and knock down some shots. I just don't understand the methodology and the thinking from some of these fans, you know, that get pissed off about this. I mean, we had Furkan Korkmaz sitting on a bench for $5 million. DJ Tucker's costing you, what, 10 And on the tail end of the deal, of course there would be, you know, some type of option included. You're not going to give a guy $10 million guarantee when he's 40 years old. That, that just doesn't happen. And also, I mean, if we're thinking about a guy that's getting paid, what, $40 million a year, yeah, that's a lot different. We're talking about a $10 million contract. You look at the free agent market. It's very thin right now. There's not a lot of PJ Tucker like guys. So the instant he becomes available and we're all in on him, 
I don't know how you can be frustrated with that, man. Like this makes so much sense. Joel Embiid advocated for it and you need, you know, this team lacked mental toughness. They openly admitted it. And you have a guy also that you can steal away from another Eastern conference competitor. It makes perfect sense to me. I don't know why anybody would be mad about this. Yeah. I was, I was texting a, a Milwaukee Bucks fan on Twitter the other day and I was telling him they should low key think about going for Kyrie Irving. Um, I was just getting his thoughts on that um, opinion. And he, he basically was like, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end, he was like, uh, I would get rid of Chris. Mi- I, no, he was saying how Chris Middleton isn't a good enough defender. They still need PJ Tucker. He, he brought up PJ Tucker, how much they missed him last year, like just out of the blue when I was talking to him about what, what they should do. So that just goes to show how big of a, a, a help um, PJ Tucker is. And also, if you go on like Reddit, like the Miami Heat, you go on like YouTube comments of Miami Heat videos, they all love PJ Tucker. You won't see any negative things about PJ Tucker. So this dude, he's gonna come in, he's gonna, he's gonna be a great player. And number two, he that contract, 10 million a year, we could use that potentially. Say it does go south, it goes wrong. You could use that in a potential trade to match contracts. Because although everyone's like Furcon is a trash contract, but he's like one of the only players who, you know, can make Eric Gordon possible because he's a $5 million deal and he and Eric Gordon's making $19 million. So we got to throw in Danny Green and then we got to throw in Furcon. But you got you have a $10 million guy in PJ Tucker. It goes south. It doesn't work out. You could throw him in a deal and get like a $20 million contract in return. Say you put a valuable piece next to him. You could flip them in a trade because that contract can match other contracts. So it's not as bad as people think. Plus, you only get one MLE. You only get one MLE. You can't just be offering multiple MLE. So the only player I would rather over P.J. Tucker, and this is even a big what if, um, considering what P.J. Tucker brings in terms of toughness and physicality, I would rather Nick Batum over him just because he brings a better offensive fit. But I could even argue I'd rather P.J. Tucker over Nick Batum. Plus, Nick Batum seems to be pretty much locked in the Clipper land. Yeah, I also think uh, the fans, when when a move or a potential move or a rumored move hits the surface, the fans automatically react as if that's the only move that's happening the entire offseason. That's my thing. So the rumor comes out, hey, the Sixers are offering P.J. Tucker. They're like, oh, really? This is going to get us the championship. Really? P.J. Tucker is going to get us over. Nobody's saying P.J. Tucker is going to get you over the hump. There's still obviously things that, that need to be done. Um, I, I just think it would be it would be one uh, step in the right direction. And p- fans have to accept the fact that we are in win-now mode. This team is in the most win-now mode of any team ever. Like, this is it. This This next four years is it. You're not... It just is what it is. If you get a guy that's 37 and plays two good years, that's the kind of moves they're going to make for the next couple of years because they're just going to try to win as many times as possible in the next three or four with Joel Embiid, um, and and that's the way it is. So you're going to see draft picks being traded. People are going to cry about that. You're going to see old players be signed who are still good, who are veterans, who are experienced. Um, P.J. Tucker is exactly that, exactly what I would expect a team that's looking to win 
to sign. And yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to get them on a one-year contract because that that was that's what the Bucks are always in. Also, they're always in win now. We're gonna get the veterans. We're gonna get the one-year guys that that are are here to win and might be done next season. Three years is you know uh, not nice to think about a 37 year old but uh romp is also correct that no i think nobody else is probably going to offer him three years so that's the way that maybe you win this free agency with him is is offer him three with a with a team option at the end yeah i agree and uh <clears throat> mr rowdy with a five dollar donation says pj tucker at 37 is our fourth best player yes romp he's light years better than the turkish <laughs> the turkish bricklayer that's a that's a great nickname <laughs> I love it. Rom found a way to still talk up Corkmaz by saying that he has the most <laughs> tradable contract. That's that's where we're at. That's the extent we're at now. Okay, fine. He's trash, but he does have a very tradable uh, contract. Just wait till he goes to a good developmental team like the Golden State Warriors. Who they're gonna? He's gonna have a he's title one need, day, man. He's gonna need a, a staff that can inject some some other DNA in him because he does not have NBA legs. Ron, Ron, he's forever a FERC guy. He's uh, you, there's no changing him. No changing him at this point. He's my boy. SRT with the two dollar donation says PJ staying in Miami three years, twenty seven mil. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know. And back to what DJ was saying, you know, nobody is going to get PJ Tucker on a one year deal, right? He opted out of a one year player option for seven point four million dollars. Like it, it's clear as day. Like he either wants more years, maybe at least a two-year deal, or more money. And that's a testament to how he played in the playoffs. Um, and, the, and the last thing I want to add on top of that to what you guys said is, you know, this is a guy with some championship pedigree, right? Like, he wasn't mm – -hmm. he didn't stay with that Rockets team. He went to Milwaukee. He got traded. He won a championship. He knows what it takes, you know, deep in the playoffs, you know, in a game six where it's a must-win at home, Right. P.J. Tucker knows what it takes not to get embarrassed in front of your own fans. And um, I understand the idea of wanting to go young. I'm sure, I'm sure it's something that will come up on this show, right? We do want to get younger. We want to get more athletic. But like D.J. said, like, it's not just a one-move thing. Like, it's a trickle effect. Even though you want to get more athletic, you want to play some of these young guys, you still need vets. You still need leaders coming off the bench that when you get to a playoff series, no offense, but – you can't have every guy on your bench coming off who's under 24 years old. You need some of those guys if you are indeed in win mode. And that's what the Sixers are. We have to face it, right? We're banking on James Harden to be healthy. We're bringing back Maxi, Harden, and Bede. In a couple years, this could go south. We might have to move those contracts. I, I'm a believer that Daryl Morey is shopping the Tobias Harris contract. He might not be able to get anything for it. But even if he doesn't, He's trying to surround the core, surround the cast with some better players than a Furk on a Shake who are inconsistent getting to the playoffs. I think he's going about it the best that he can based off, you know, who's out there right now. Well, here's the here's my issue with Daryl Morey. The the thing that he messed up was the Ben Simmons deal. And um that's what he messed up because he could have got he could have got a like a borderline all-star player, 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 and then picks. And that's what he messed up. So now he's in kind of a predicament where he has to be near perfect. Wait, and which, that, player, which player were you are you referencing when you say a, an all-star? CJ McCollum. Uh, CJ McCollum or Okay. I, don't I was know, just wondering. Tyrese Halliburton. Because he waited. He waited. CJ was gone. And then he waited and waited. And then Halliburton was gone. And then that's when I when I got on board 
with the Harden thing because because there was there was no other options. It was everyone was gone because he kept waiting and waiting. See, in my opinion, I think that's where he messed up. Now he, he I mean, if James Harden comes back and bees bees a James Harden he could be, then you know you could argue it was the right move. But I think he had a chance to really solidify the future of the Sixers and get like picks and get quality role players, wall keeping depth. And I think we'd be in a, a, I don't know if we, I would say a better spot, but just like a more positive spot. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I can say yet because J- James Harden's such a question mark after only playing what like two months with the team and apparently either re-injuring hamstring and never saying anything, <laughs> or having a hamstring injury the whole time but was never listed on injury reports. I don't know, but all I'm saying is. Yeah, I'd have to see what he looks like this season to really be able to definitively say what I think about the moves that Maury made. Uh, if James Harden comes out and looks like he did in the playoffs this season, this past season, if he comes out this season and looks like that, then I'm I'm totally out, and this was the worst uh, signing you could have ever done. But I, I like Daryl Morey is not in the mindset of let me get things for the future. He's just not. He's he's. He's gonna go all in. I mean, it's it's what he's always done. Uh, you know, somebody pointed out today that he's he left the Rockets high and dry, spent all their assets, didn't work out, and bounced. Uh, maybe he does that to us. I don't know. I mean, Elton Brand already <laughs> did that. He's still here somehow. But I just think Daryl Morey is like, does Halliburton or these other trade packages get me an into the NBA Finals? Um, and I, I don't. I think that's the the dilemma that he had and the choice that he had to make uh, James Harden, if he still has it in him, if he still has it in him, he can, him and Joel Embiid can get you to the NBA finals. If Maxi takes another leap, uh, there's a lot of ifs, but I just think he had to look at it like his 21 year old Halliburton, get me to the NBA finals in the next two years. I don't know. It's all about Joel Embiid's timeline. So it might be a lose, lose. It might be a win, win. I can't even say right now. I really can't. Yeah, and, and, and a report came out earlier today saying that it's it's likely that Harden will opt into the player option and then take an additional two years on an extension. I think, like, the specifics of the contract will tell a lot. I mean, if we're play, paying near max money for James Harden, we could be in trouble, especially if he doesn't look the same. Um, and I will agree, you know, Daryl Morey, he, he tries to go for those big names. He went for his guy. Um, this might be, a you know, an off take, but I, I still think we're better off because we got rid of three more years of a guy that will not play basketball and will not get better. And and I think in that situation, we're better nonetheless. You know, I'm confident in Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid, but we'll have to wait and see, you know, kind of how that core builds out. I, I still think that Tobias contract is, is hindering us. Um, you know, I, I'm predicting he gets traded, but that's if there is a team willing to take him on, because I think that would also provide future flexibility and we could still get better. But Maybe we, you know, bring them back, right? We haven't had a core that kind of stayed together. And even if we, you know, can't remember this far back because Harden looked awful. I mean, for about five games, I mean, he looked like, you know, the the next big thing with Joel Embiid. So maybe he can pull that out if he gets a full, you know, offseason arrest under him. But I guess it just remains to be seen. We have to hope and pray, you know, that he uh, that he looks like his old self a little bit. We have to pray that he's getting rest also. Yeah. I party until five in the morning. Here's here's the thing though. Like we're screwed. Whoever else. I hate to break it to you, but we're like, we're screwed either way because we have Doc Rivers. Like (laughs) the thing is, a system built around Harden's not gonna get you a championship. Like 
he has to like it has to be like 50 50 maxi harden in my opinion mm-hmm. and maxi has to be like legitimately by the by the playoffs if we want to reach the mountaintop i think maxi has to be like near number one option where defenses are like oh we got to play maxi harden and mb but if it's just where we're you know banking on harden just running everything like he did last year he's gonna gas out in the playoffs i mean we saw with chris paul this year he was he he's in wonderful shape he's a vegan or whatever it is he takes care of his body he's still gassed out in the playoffs so no matter what with doc rivers we're not gonna run a system where maxi gets as much touches or just not as much team basketball and it's that's very easy to game plan and take away in the playoffs. So pretty much we're screwed, is what I'm saying. I, I think I think uh Doc Rivers is definitely on the hot seat. I wish he would have been fired also, but I think he's definitely on the hot seat. And I think he might be being pressured by other people in the organization, kind of like, you know, hey, this is definitely your last shot here. And uh play some younger guys if you have to. You know, I know you hate analytics. I know you hate numbers, but here's like, if the numbers are glaringly obvious, if you're getting out rebounded by 20 and, and you got a Paul Reed or you got a, uh, a DeAndre Jordan, like play the obvious guy here that can get you some rebounds. It's not rocket science. Don't, t- I, I think he might, they might be in like, you know, meetings with him. Like, listen, doc, we know you're legendary, but uh, this is it here. So change it up a little bit or you're canned. And maybe like ten years in, maybe ten games into the season, we get uh, we're like two and eight, and there's a big uh, argument, and Doc Rivers like quits or something. That that's probably the best the best way this could go, as far as I'm concerned, because yeah. I don't want him here either. But uh, the problem is his contract, and and Josh Harris is is not interested in basketball. He's interested in <laughs> how to how to make money, have biggest return on investment. Like that's all he cares about. He's like, I got this guy for five years. It is what it is. Everybody deal with it. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I don't think we're screwed, but I think I don't think Doc Rivers makes it past makes it the, the whole next season if we if we mm. struggle a little bit. Mm. Shout out to everybody watching us, man. 430 people up in here watching combined on the channels, man. Hit that thumbs up button for the squad. Uh shout out to Hayden with the $10 donation. I'll read that in just a second. I just want to add two quick points on what uh these guys just said. I agree with uh, you know, their points. Number 1, man, um it's going to be interesting with Doc Rivers, and and we never got a chance to talk about this, but I, I'm I'm praying. I know you guys feel the same way as me. Like, do not let Sam Cassell leave this building, man. Like, if if Utah comes in swinging, if somebody else comes in, you you cannot let Sam Cassell leave, right? You look at Ime Udoka, you look at Monty Williams. We can't go through this again, man. We can't go through this again. I really hope it doesn't happen. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say and, and get your guys' take on real quick is. I don't know, man. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of a positive feeling for me for once. But finally, like, everybody has some pressure on them, you know? Maybe it's a weird thing to say, but, you know, we're hearing Daryl Morey shopping Matisse Thibel, which we'll get into. Danny Green, Shake Milton, Furkan Korkmaz. I feel like we're finally taking a little bit of action because the last couple off seasons, it's been like, all right, you know, we'll upgrade the bench. We'll get somebody. But here we are, and it's like, well, you know, you got to produce, right? We, I mean, Romp wasn't, but we were high on Matisse Thibel, right? Like, oh no, I'm a fan of him now. (laughs) I'm on the Thibel train. No, you make no sense sometimes, man. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, um, like, you know, Matisse Thibel was a guy like 
couple years ago, oh my gosh, he's one of the you know best young defenders. He's going to be great. I feel like people have hit their limits. They've hit their their boiling points. Like if Matisse Thybul doesn't shoot the ball, you got to go. Like maybe maybe this pressure will be a little bit good for some of these guys. What do you guys think about that? Here's my thing with Thybul. Now I tweeted earlier today that I I think I'm starting to want to keep him. And it's just because of like the rumors of what trades he bit he has been involved with. Like if we trade him for Eric Gordon and a first round pick for Eric Gordon, like I would not do that. I would not include Thibel in the Eric Gordon deal because our wing depth, what what would our wing depth 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 be? Like Danny Green's going and then Matisse Thibel, we would have no wings to guard Jalen Browns of the world, Jason Tatum's. And I don't know. I just It just is so annoying. Like I'm looking at the Warriors and I see a bunch of offensive liabilities like Draymond Green. Gary Payton was not being guarded that heavily uh, by the Celtics. He could hit a three-point shot, but he he wasn't really being guarded. Andrew Wiggins also at times was getting diable treatment because of the gravity of um, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. And I just see the Warriors being able to overcome that. So I feel like Joel Embiid, if he's that great, and James Harden is that great, and Maxie's that great, they should be able to hide a player like Thibel on the court. And it also comes down to the coaching staff being able to hide that player too. So once again, I believe Thibel being such a liability is another indictment on Doc Rivers. Because there's no reason. I see Thibel. You can't teach him to stay in front and be a little less aggressive rather than reaching and reaching and reaching. You can't teach that. Like there's been no progress in terms of that throughout his career. Like, I just don't understand what is our development doing with these guys? Because if we, if we got a Gary Payton, there's no way he would see the floor because first off, he's like five foot 10. He's five foot 10 out there. It looks like he would not see the floor and everyone would be like, this guy can't play. Yeah, and everyone's like, yo, let's let's go get Otto Porter Jr. That dude would he would be a George Niang on the Sixers. So like <laughs> you could you could get whoever you want, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of versatility on this roster. Paul Reed, J- Jaden Springer. I'm a Jaden Springer believer. I think he could be like Ho- Jose Alvarado. There's a lot of things you could do, but Doc Rivers is so boring and not innovative, innovative where he doesn't get the best out of his players. I pisses me off. But I, I question a lot, like, how much power does Doc Rivers have? Uh, I guess this ties into what, what RB said because they're under pressure. Like, the first two seasons, Doc and Maury here, it was like, oh, we walked into this uh, Ben Simmons situation. You know, we gave it time to see if we can make Joel Embiid and Ben work, and then we had to trade Ben, and then we had to figure – first I had to get rid of Al Horford. Like, there was excuses there in the first couple of years. Like, uh, I had to figure it out. I had to fix the mess that was here before me, so give me some time. And now it's getting to the point where, like, okay – it's time now like this is it here like this season if you guys don't figure it out something has to change uh so I think they they are both under pressure and I think Doc Rivers is under pressure I don't think the organization is as uh, ownership maybe but I don't think the actual organization is as blind as people make them out to be uh there's a there's a big staff behind Doc Rivers that all have opinions they all have ideas uh in the meeting rooms you know what i mean so there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of ideas coming and i think this past season 
there was probably a lot of ideas that got shunned by Doc Rivers. It was probably like, nah, we're doing it this way. No, we're doing it this way. No, we're doing it. might get to the point where they start listening to Dave Yeager and Sam Cassell and Dan Burke and all these guys that are here with basketball knowledge. There's no way this entire staff sits back and, and Matisse Thibel doesn't develop a single like left-handed dribble. Like I just, <laughs> I, I totally agree. I don't understand it, but I think Doc Rivers, it seems like was in, was in total control and nobody else had a say and it might gradually get to a point where they start listening to other other people. I at least I hope. Uh, but that, so I think I think they are under more pressure now, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, man. Uh, let's get to some of these super chats. Hayden with the ten dollar donation says, "I agree with Romp." At the end of the day, Maury traded a player that was never going to play a game for Philadelphia ever again for a player who obviously has potential to be a beast. Gotta hope he comes back healthy, man. That's the most important thing. Uh, like DJ says, he's got to rest too, man. I think he I disagreed with Romp. Yeah, I think he disagreed. <laughs> he agreed <laughs> with RB. I think. Unless he said like, but you know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's going to be interesting, man. Like there's a lot riding on this season. This is a, is a pivotal point for this Sixers franchise, man. I think we can agree with that. Uh, CP Tampa Delphia with the $10 donation. Appreciate it. This is Tobias contract hinders us because Harden, uh, Maury botched the Simmons trade. Rivers can't develop. Bassey, Joe Reed, Springer, Milton, Thiable, and Corkmoss have regressed with him coaching. Have they regressed? I mean, I guess. I, maybe they just don't get opportunity. I don't know, man. I I thought Shake Milton, I remember predicting Shake Milton would be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. And where did he go? Furkan was absent for two months last season on the bench. Healthy scratch. I mean, I don't know, man. And And, you know, it's funny because I see a lot of people talking about draft stuff, which we're going to get into, by the way. I feel like we're not even talking about the draft because Doc Rivers won't play young guys, and it's it's a weird situation to be in. But there's even people mocking some centers to the Sixers. I'm like, yo, oh. we have Charles Bassey. Bassey can play, man, like in a, in a limited role. Even Paul Reed. We got to think for a second. Paul Reed didn't really play for two years. He was thrown into a playoff series, said, yo, go play 10 minutes a night. Like – He's not polished by any means, and and I know we we get frustrated because we lose games, but it's like, can we get some opportunity? Like Charles Bassey can play. I want to see him in the rotation. Like okay. you know, throw him on the Celtics. Do you think he plays a little bit? Maybe. How about played the in November? Played in November against Jokic in Denver. Had twelve points and five blocks. Had a nice little Euro step finger roll finish. Like I was seeing all kinds of things yeah. from him. Then you never saw him yeah. again. Uh. I don't think anything good comes from 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 Doc Rivers. Like, I mean, I I, I don't want to sound like a broken record every time I talk about this team talking about how just detrimental Doc Rivers is, but his history of coaching is not that impressive. It's it's actually more negative than positive. There's one ring he's done. Somebody in the chat just said he's done the least with the most uh, versus a coach that can do the most with the least. Doc is not going to get anything out of a second round player. He's not going to, it's just, it sucks, but it's reality. A lot of, you know, people don't want to hear us be negative, but Doc's not going to create something or be innovative and get more out of guys than like, you have to just have the best players to win with Doc Rivers coaching. You have to have four all-stars that are better than the other team. Uh, then yeah, I, 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 Rob, I agree. I don't think Gary Payton Jr. would have been doing what he's doing. Uh, there's a lot of players that, that play on other teams that get an opportunity that coaching staffs look at and get creative with how they use them. 
and I don't see it from Doc Rivers. My my hope is just that Daryl makes the right moves and Doc gets fired some way, somehow. I mean, look at the Boston Celtics, for example. You know, Brad Stevens goes from coach to president. He brings some of these role players back. I mean, he, you know, they have a couple, you know, two, three-year guys into the league. Peyton Pritchards, right? Then the uh, the Grant Williams, Rob Williams. Like, look how these guys develop. Like Rob was talking about earlier. Not only do we have a talent acquisition problem, we have a talent development issue, man. Like, within a couple years, like, which of our draft picks outside of a few have really developed into quality players. Like we, and then we, you know, if we overpay guys in free agency, we can't keep relying on, on getting lucky, right? You got to find some diamonds in the rough, but you got to get some quality players in here and they need to develop. I guarantee you Matisse Thibel and the Celtics would have been knocking down some shots by now. Probably. And if he goes somewhere else, if he goes somewhere else, will he be knocking down shots? I don't know. Hey, he looked pretty good playing for Australia. I remember if, that. It looked pretty good. If if you watch the Warriors, they play everyone in the regular season. They play anyone. They were playing Damian Lee. They were playing Kaminga. They played Moses Moody. They played everyone. Steve Kerr does not care about winning in the regular season. Of course, right, he's going to win because they're the Warriors. But what seed were they? Like the third or second? I forget. Yeah. But... To my point, he played everyone. So when the finals came around or the Western Conference finals came around, he knew who was ready. And they run a very like in-depth defensive like game plan where the young guys just don't understand it and they can't play. The Sixers, their defensive game plan is just, yo, let's just guard man to man and Bede will help us out and we're good. It's just a shame that we guys we got guys like Paul Reed. We got freaking Joel Embiid, who's one of the better defensive players we've ever seen in this era, um, especially come playoff time when he actually tries. And we had guys like Ben Simmons. We had guys like Matisse Thibel. We have Jaden Springer, who was a hell of a defender if you watch his film. And we don't do anything creative defensively, and it's always a problem come playoff time. Like, we should be one of the better defenses like all-time defense, at least one time, would Joel Embiid. It's just a shame that we don't do anything creative on that end of the floor. Yeah, well, I think I it's agree. good. I, I think it's good that that uh, Joel Embiid's starting to get to a point in his career where he is more vocal. He should have been vocal years ago, but yeah. like we need more of a LeBron James type of uh, just pseudo narcissism from Joel Embiid now. Like it's time for you to go in the <laughs> in the in the go in the principal's office. Look at him in the face and say, you guys can't get it done. Here's what you need to do or I'm out of here. Demand it, you know, because you're you're their prized possession, and not just basketball-wise, marketing-wise. You're Josh Harris's prized possession. You're They will not let you leave for anything, and that's how LeBron James got every player he ever wanted. He got coaches fired. He did, they're, not, they're doing anything to keep that guy in this organization. They're doing anything to keep Joel Embiid. So start being more vocal. Start pushing things. Start saying things in press conferences. It starts making people say, oh, you know what I mean? And he started doing that, and I like it, and I hope he keeps doing it. Because, you know, I think he's going to get, like, look, P.J. Tucker. He said P.J. Tucker's name, boom. You want P.J. Tucker, you got P.J. Tucker. I don't know if we got him yet, but I'm just saying. Like, I, you know, maybe Joel will get in there and be like, hey, Doc doesn't have it, man. Get rid of him. I'm sick of this. Maybe they fire him because Joe says so. I hope so. I agree, man. I agree. Uh, shout out to Hayden with the $5 donation. Says I'm an Isaiah Joe believer as well. Really wish he would get some minutes. I agree. I agree. Uh, all these guys we have here, just pieces floating around. 
you know, that you can experiment with. Even if they don't work out, you got to try them. You drafted them for a reason, man. Um, Mr. Roddy with the $5 donations. We have way too many goody two shoes. <laughs> we have a podcast, our father, a bunch of secondary actors. Anybody have tats? No a holes on the team. Well, that's where a guy like PJ Tucker would come right in. I'm telling you, man. And he's played with James Harden, right? He would back him up. He knows some of his tendencies. Um, you know, Joel and B goes out there and he's giving us 50% effort. PJ Tucker would say, yo, get on it, man. Like he's not going to like deal with that stuff. And, and I think Philly loves guys like that. Dude, Rudy Pooh is absolutely right, man. Too many pretty boys on this team. Too many guys stepping out of their Rolls Royce with their Gucci purse, you know what I mean? And their high, their high, uh, flood pants with the, with the loafers, like strolling in, like, right. I need some guys with some neck tats and some black air force ones. You know what I mean? That's the kind of guys we need up in here. Bro. And that's PJ Tucker. You know, I, I just want to say like a lot of people, you know, they say, obviously Steve Kerr's had a lot of talent, you know, to work with and he doesn't have to do much. I'll tell you what though, like, even if, if you know, the top guys on Golden State aren't playing well, you know what Steve Kerr does? He comes out to the press conference and says, you know, we play like absolute crap. You know, like we have to play better. Or he'll break a clipboard. Or he'll hand it over to Andre Iguodala who starts screaming at everyone. Like, we need that. You know, we need that, like, intuition to do something, to wake these guys up. And I think a P.J. Tucker would kind of, you know, assist that, especially on the floor. And guess what, RB? Um, he didn't play um, Gary Payton the first two games, and it was probably because of injury. But in the press conference, when he did play him and he had a very good game, he was like, I should have been playing him sooner. That was my bad, my mistake. Would Doc Rivers <laughs> ever do that? No. Heck no. Uh, he, would, he would say, let's not go on a uh, a Payton victory tour. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's absolutely like it really reeks of narcissism when you hear the guy say things like that it really does like the, the 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 i am never wrong and even when i am wrong i'm angry about the fact that i'm wrong it's just i i can't stand the guy i can't stand him at all yeah it's frustrating man it is uh shout out to duncan with the five dollar donation says i don't blame doc harden didn't play well you think there's any way we can get drummond back he was uh scrappy philly style i mean i broke down some of the free agent options i think drummond would be great for this team but with my realistic side coming out, let's be honest. I think Drummond's probably going to get a starting contract somewhere. Uh, maybe he looks at a situation like Philly, you know, where he was embraced. He liked being here, didn't look too hot in the playoffs, and says, all right, I'll test myself for another year and try to earn some more money. But realistically speaking, I think Drummond's going to, you know, go be a starter somewhere. Yeah, Drummond's a starting center. We got him. Yeah, we got him because he was coming off of a, what, a tough time with the Lakers and – somebody yeah. else in the same season. Uh, but he proved in Philly that he's a starting caliber center. He's only 28 years old. I don't see him coming and signing a veteran minimum or anything to be a backup center. Yeah. And, and let's not forget at one time when Andre Drummond signed, it was the worst signing ever, according to uh, a lot of the fans. They were like, oh, my gosh, a minimum deal for Andre Drummond. I mean, eh, I'm still not too impressed with it, to be honest. With an Andre Drummond minimum deal? Uh, was, he, he didn't do much for me. I well, you're only gonna play ten minutes a game. But people don't bring up people don't bring up the games where um he played like dog shit. You know, like <laughs> well, plus what, we had Bassie and Paul Reed. Well, bad he defensively, just, you mean? No, it's just like he's not a. He's just kind of a backup I just center. Don't, I don't like him. What like, what backup centers play 
top notch every game though. No, he was a great backup center, but like this notion that we need him back is like it pisses me off. Like, yeah. why? We have Bassey and Paul Reed. Well, just, I'll tell you why, because we're not gonna play them. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, approaching 30 years we have old, to which play is the him. age you have to be for Doc Rivers to play you. So we have yeah. to play him. We have to play the young guys. We have to. Maybe maybe you just don't get any centers. <laughs> and Doc Refuse. Rivers is forced. He's forced. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe 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 uh, Daryl Morey's like, you know what? If if Josh Harris won't budge on this guy because he owes him this much money, then I'm just going to fill the roster with 35 year old guys who I think can still play, and, and you know, and not not give him guys that he shouldn't play, and maybe he's forced to play uh, the right guys. I don't know. Hey, we'll He'd see. Still man. find a way to play the wrong guy though. Jonathan, appreciate the five dollar donation. He's <laughs> just coming at romp. I get it, man. A lot of a lot of people are up in the air, man. You know. A lot of people are frustrated. They want this Sixers team to compete. You know, they want us to to perform well. Um, and that starts with tomorrow. You know, um, what will the Sixers do tomorrow night? Wow, we finally get to talk about the draft. Our our solo draft pick, who we've heard <laughs> for the last month, uh, is probably going to be moved on draft night. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, well, we'll talk about a couple prospects. We'll talk about what's being said. Shout out to all uh, 500 up in here, guys. If you want to call into the show, give us some thoughts. 508-924-3784. See it there on the bottom of the screen. Call and give us some thoughts. What do you think about P.J. Tucker, the draft? Will we make a move tomorrow night? Eric Gordon. I actually like Eric Gordon. I think he would be solid for this team. But I do get, you know, paying him $20 million a year isn't ideal. But... People I, want people want every move to be a, a, a superstar. Like it's just you have yeah. to. I th I think people forgot about Eric Gordon. I, you know, I think he can still actually like knock down some shots, and he's you know can at least put it on the floor. I think he's better than anything we have off the bench. Um, but I do get people that don't want to pay him twenty million dollars for the next two years. Is it better than George's Niang for Con Moss? I think Eric Gordon would be the best player on this bench. My opinion. Boom. I wouldn't give up Thibault in that deal, though. I would. It would have to be, for me, it would have to be Danny Green, Ferk, and Jaden Springer, and a first round pick. And I would, I would want a pick back. I would want their thirty second pick because I feel like if we give up all that, give us a pick at least. Yeah. Yeah. It would be, so, I, Rob, I would do you think? Do you, go ahead. Go ahead, Arby. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you, do you think? See, I question how much how much trade value Thibault has, but then the way that you put it, like, do you think other franchises actually value him pretty highly? Yeah, I think, yeah. Um, I think, um, I think we could get something for that pick by just attaching Danny Green. Like, I truly believe we could get Terrence Ross by just attack attaching our pick because. The Magic, they're not going to use Terrence Ross. He's on an expiring deal, so he's pretty much nothing to them. And you could just wave Danny Green, just swap picks. So now we get their 35th pick, and then we get and then they get their our 23rd pick or whatever it is, and then we get Terrence Ross. Like, or maybe add someone else to intrigue them more. But like, I don't think we have to give up so much. The only reason I don't want Eric Gordon is because I feel like we have to do so much to match his salary. Mm-hmm. And they're, they yeah. might be like, the Rockets might be, um, you know, petty. And they might be like, yo, add Thibault in there or I'm not doing it. And then we would add Thibault in a pick. Plus we're giving up more players. I'm like, no, give us a pick at least or something like that. 
So I just don't want to add Thibel in the Eric Gordon deal because I feel like we could get we could probably get Cam Reddish for Thibel. You know, Thibel and a pick, yeah. Cam Reddish, something. We could do a lot with Thibel and a pick because we've seen what picks are getting. I mean, a pick just got Jeremy Grant. A pick just got Christian Wood. So I don't know. I think there's better options out there than Eric Gordon. I wouldn't be mad at Eric Gordon, but I have to see the deal first. Yeah, I respect that. And I I think I do think Thibel holds a little more weight than a lot of people think, especially because we're low on him. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and what will happen tomorrow night? We'll give our predictions. Let's go to the phone lines real quick. Coming in from the 609. 609, tap it in. What's going on? 609 going once. Going twice. Hey. Yo, what's going on? Um, I, I'm, excited, I'm excited for uh for, for the offseason. Shane, what's up, man? Hey. I was excited to hear Shane. All right, go ahead, Shane. Sorry. Uh, I just excited for the offseason because, like, I wouldn't mind having Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker because we need veteran players. I would be okay with getting Bradley Beal, but I think realistically he's going to probably go somewhere else, and we're not going to get Beal. So if we can just get Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker realistically, I think the team would be fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's what Daryl Morey's trying to do. I think he's trying to, you know, upgrade, get us some more experience, uh, get us some guys he's familiar with, especially, you know, when you look at some of these free agents. Um, I don't know if he'll get both of them, but uh, I, I'm i almost starting to think the Tucker deal is almost done, uh, and I think they're just waiting until it can become official, even though, like, what is tampering anymore? You know, like, I mean, <laughs> we're coming out with exact figures on this contract. It's wild to me, but I, I would say it's almost done. But, well, uh, fines aren't enough anyway. You know, hey, they were caught tampering 50 grand. <laughs> Josh Harris is like, okay, check my couch. I think I got 50 grand maybe under the cushions. Like, what? <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, I, I, I don't know. I, I think Daryl Morey is just trying to upgrade this team. I think there are a lot of disposable parts. Um, and I, I think he's going to try to do what he can. Uh, I think it's pretty what we have. I think it's pretty simple. I don't actually think we need that much. I think Tobias Harris needs to go. I think Matisse Thibel doesn't fit, but I don't think we need to a big time splash. What we need is to hope and pray that Joel Embiid doesn't break his face in the first round and doesn't tear his thumb off. And like that's literally it. Like I think people think this team was a lot worse than it was because Joel Embiid was injured. We we're done. If he's injured, it is what it is. It's like it's the Patriots, Tom Brady tears his ACL. Are they going in the offseason like, oh, my God, we need to land a superstar. No, you need Tom Brady to be healthy. That's what you need. That's how I see it. I think we need a pick, though. I really believe we need to get a pick to get a young wing who can uh, – I think there's a bunch of young wings that could produce right away. I know Doc wouldn't play him, but I don't, I don't care. I don't. I'm not putting that into what I'm saying. I know he's not going to play him, but he kind of has to play him because what is our wing depth? We're not going to have Danny Green. So if you draft a wing and he's athletic and a smart player who played four years in college and can play defense, if he can play defense, I think Doc may play him because he has played Thibel and Thibel, you know, he sucks at offense. But I think the reason he didn't play Maxi is because Maxi was kind of a wild card on defense. And same with Paul Reed, he's, he's just a weird player. So I think if you get 
a four-year college player who is a little more mature than the usual draft pick at the wing position, I think Doc might play him. And I think we need to do that. Or we have to find an undrafted player. We have to because the wing depth is just not there. And we don't have the cap space to do it. Who do you think would come out of college that Doc Rivers would actually play? I think um, undrafted-wise. Well, yeah, Wendell Moore, I think he would play. Um, and that's about it. I think Christian Brawny would, I think Christian Brawny might play. What about the big lefty, uh, Liddell, EJ Liddell? Oh yeah. He would play him too. I mean, you would kind of have to, he's NBA ready. Um, but undrafted, I think he would also play Tyrese Martin from UConn. He's going to be undrafted in my opinion, for some odd reason. He's six to eight. He has like a six ten wingspan, very smart player. The only weakness in his game is his offensive creation. And the reason why he's going undrafted is because he's 23 years old already. So I think that's the reason why he's not, why he's going undrafted. Plus he doesn't really have a high ceiling. He's just going to be a role player, but that's what we need. So I think we could find an undrafted player, see how they do in the summer league. And because I mean, you're putting them next to James Harden and Joel Embiid. They don't have to be that good to be effective. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, if Doc won't play late second rounds, he's not playing an undrafted guy. Yeah, but we have we have to find that guy, DJ, because we don't have Doc Rivers, space. I think maybe Doc Rivers is so anti-intuitive when it comes to basketball that he just looks at, oh, this guy was a first-round pick. I'm going to play him. And he's like, ah, this guy was a late, this guy was a late second round pick. He sucks. And you're like, yeah, but he's averaging 40 points and 27 rebounds in the G League and G League MVP. He's dominating. Last time you were forced to play him, he blocked freaking this guy five times. And look at this highlight. Ah, eh, late second round pick. He sucks. So maybe he just doesn't. Maybe maybe if we draft someone at 23, you can like Doc. Look, first round pick. Play this guy. So I don't know. Maybe that's it. Also, like remember we were all complaining athleticism, speed. Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker, no offense to them. They're not athletic and speedy. So we still did not address our biggest need with them. And those are going to be, if we do those moves, like we're, those are going to be the moves. Those are going to be the main moves. Unless you trade Tobias Harris, which please, please do. Because I could rant about him, but I don't want to offend the Tobias stance. But yeah. So in terms of the, the draft tomorrow night, um, I, w- I would say there's a good chance we trade this pick. Here's actually uh, a quote from Woj yesterday on ESPN. <laughs> he was kind of joking around, but he said, if you're a GM in the NBA and Daryl Morey hasn't called and offered you the 23rd and Thibel for someone on your roster, you probably have your phone shut off. Um, I don't know if there's a disconnect with Thibel in the franchise or if they're just sick of it. Personally, I put out on Twitter earlier, I think this could be a smokescreen. I think we could be aggressively trying to move Danny Green, get that that contract out of here, you know, so you don't have to deal with it. Um, but I think this pick gets moved. Now, if we are to stay in our spot, there's a couple guys I like, Jalen Williams. Um, we seem to be zoning in here on, on uh, Jaden Hardy, if you guys have no kept up with him. Uh, you know, he didn't put up good shooting percentages, but similar to Maxi, he shot the free throw well. He was 30 for 34. Showed the potential, right? He was going up against better uh, G League competition. Um, maybe he could be, you know, a future backcourt with Tyrese Maxey. They, you know, they said they had everybody present at his workout. I don't know. I feel like it's a smokescreen, though. As bad as I want to keep the pick, as bad as I would love to have a guy who could finally come in and contribute right away, I just feel that we're going to move the pick. 
maybe we move back, right? Maybe, yeah, that's that's the know, move. People are talking about, um, you know, this year. Let's let's not forget, we don't have a lot of draft capital going forward, right? We don't even have a first round pick next year because the Nets are taking it. So, you know, we're we're in a, a sticky situation here, especially if some of these guys don't work out. Um, but what 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 is your guys? I'd say prediction as to what happens with the pick, and do you think Thibel gets attached to it? Do you think Danny Green gets attached to it? Uh, could somehow he pull off a Tobias Harris trade, right? There's been rumors, you know, they've been talking about Malcolm Brogdon now being available. What is your guys' uh, gauge level here on what happens? Because personally, I think it'll get traded, but I'm actually actually leaning more towards Danny Green being the one on the go. What do you guys think? Yeah, I would agree. I think, um, I don't think knowing, seeing how Maury operates, I don't see him attaching Thibault unless it's like a, a really – good value back to that pick. I think Danny Green and Furcon are more of um, the move for uh, Daryl Morey, and I think that's a good move. I think we trade back and get a player. Uh, that's what I want. I want to trade for someone, but also get a player so we end up with two players. Um, but I don't think Thibault was going tomorrow. And it's kind of funny how like this is being said, but at the trade deadline, Thibault was untouchable. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's pretty funny. What well, that's what that I don't funny. understand it. And people are out here saying that we're gonna essentially salary dump a guy like Thibault, right? Like it doesn't make sense. This guy was untouchable five months ago. Okay, we're not yeah. trading him for nothing. You have to get something in return. Maybe you get a nice little wing, but I, I just don't view that as being right now. You know, his his trade value is at the lowest it's been. He was essentially gone. He couldn't play in a playoff series on the road. I mean, it, it's it's more likely that Danny Green goes uh, with the pick, but I'm with Romp. Like, if there's a quality player here, it's unfortunate because we get this feeling that we're not going to play him. But, you know, you have to get something in return or a win-now type of player. Maybe a clear space for P.J. Tucker. I don't know, but I, I, I view it more as Danny Green. I think Daryl Morey is 100% trading this pick. I don't even think Daryl Morey's looking at a draft board. I don't think he's watched any college <laughs> table on any of these players. He's not interested in drafting a kid whatsoever. He's going to do everything he can to use this because he's like, listen, James is coming back. Maybe he's only good for two or three more years. Maybe Joel's only good for two or three more years. Uh, he's not. I don't think he's drafting a, a young kid. Uh, he did draft Jaden Springer, you know. So if he if he gets to a point where he it gets to the trade, it gets to the to the draft, and he absolutely doesn't get anything offered, then maybe he's forced to draft somebody. But I think he's going to try everything he possibly can to use this this pick to to make something else happen. I don't see – he didn't even know who Tyrese Halliburton was. He called these guys random players, so I don't think he knows anybody in college right now. I think he's just trying to move pieces to get what he wants. Uh, I think Thibel's going to be that. Just because Thibel has the trade value that he has, other teams value him the way that they value him. They think that he can turn their defense into something amazing. Um and, you know, the player that we just talked about that shot 27% from three in college, people are saying no because of that. Tyrese Maxey shot 29% at Kentucky. People were yelling no. Uh, it, it's hard to tell. The draft is always a crapshoot. You can draft somebody at number one, and 10 years later, they're like, oh, my God, Tracy McGrady was right there at number seven. Like, yeah, I mean, it, Steph Curry wasn't the number one overall pick. Like, the draft is a guessing game. It always will be. You got to be lucky. The Philadelphia sports franchises in general are not lucky. Um, 
But I, I definitely think he's going to trade this pick, and I think Matisse Thibel is going to get traded just because other teams value him as high as they do. And I, they might be overvaluing him based on what we've seen from him. So maybe players develop because they just develop. They put in the offseason work and they develop. Maybe some players don't develop because they just don't. I don't know if we can blame it all on a coaching staff. I have no idea. I just think what I see from Tyrese Maxey, I don't give the Sixers staff credit for that. Um, so maybe maybe Matisse Thibault was just no good at basketball, man. Maybe he was hyped his whole life because he's 6'8 and can jump through the roof and was blocking every kid on the court his whole life, and they just thought he was a defensive phenomenon, and he is or has the potential to be, but it's the NBA. You got you to be able to play on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and what I saw in the playoffs, I'm like, yikes, man. I don't know. I don't see offense developing from Matisse Thibel. I don't, and I hope they trade him because he has value. I think we get really fixated on, you know, praising guys and what they're good at here. And I feel like we've done that with a lot of players. And then when it comes time where, you know, they need to develop other parts of the game, I feel like they think, okay, well, you know, I'm so good at this, right? These fans love me doing this. We love Matisse Thibel's defensive instincts. But now you got to shoot the ball, man. Same thing with Ben Simmons. Like, and some guys just handle it differently. But that's also on the coaches, man. Like, you have to make your guys into well-rounded players. Um, maybe pressure does work, right? We pressured Tobias Harris. You know, he tried to improve his game a little bit. Like, I, I don't know. We we need to take a different approach, man. And, you know, spe speaking back on Jaden Springer, I think it's funny. Like, in the post-season uh, press uh, press conference, the, the last one, they asked Doc Rivers about Jaden Springer. And he said, he said, how old is he, 18, 19? Like, he didn't even really know how old <laughs> Jaden Springer was. Um, and, and I guess my question to you guys, because I've been thinking about this, is what if we don't even play Jaden Springer this year? What if he just spends another year in the G League? You know, you talk about Daryl Morey last year. You know, he doesn't usually keep first-round picks. Remember he came to the press conference half, you know, it looked like he just woke up from a nap. Like, <laughs> it was like 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't know the the development system. It, it's all rough, man. But you got to get if you pick a guy, you got to give him a chance, man. And I, I just think a couple years ago we had a stellar draft: Maxi, Isaiah, Joe, Paul Reed. Give these guys an opportunity, man. Let them go out and earn some minutes. Yeah, um, you want a player that would not see the floor um, is Jaden Hardy. Perfect example of a player Doc Rivers would not play. So that's why I don't want Jaden Hardy. Hardy, I think he's going to be probably one of the steals, to be honest, because a lot of people are sleeping on him. His offensive game is beautiful, but he's going to take like five to seven years to develop to be like a stud. So we should stay away from those players because we're in win-now mode. That's why I didn't like the Jaden Springer pick last year because we were in win-now mode. We could have got a Herb Jones who played playoff minutes on the New Orleans Pelicans guarding Devin Booker. We could have got someone, but, you know, Daryl Morey, I guess, you know, really saw something in Jaden Springer, and I think he could he could definitely be a rotational player. I'm not saying 15 minutes a night in the playoffs, but with that defense he has, I mean, it's something that we don't have at the guard position. So he brings an aspect to the game that we don't have on the roster. So it's like you can use him. You can use him and play him because he's going to full-court pressure – guys the whole game because he's a rookie trying to make a name for himself so he's going to come in and hustle just play him in the regular season you don't have to play him in the playoffs but just give him a chance see what you got and then maybe you know we come across like i don't know you know we're playing like chris paul 
you know, and then you could put Jaden Springer on Chris Paul, just full court press him and tire him out. Yeah, absolutely. I also think he can create his own shot a little bit on the offensive side, and he, and he has a, a – he's developed a, a decent three-point shot just from some of the stuff that I saw from him in the G League this year and some of the minutes that he got, uh, you know, in those games where we were already blown out. Um, uh, Jaden Springer might be Matisse Thibel with offense, you know. So, I mean, yeah, like the way that our bench looked, there was no reason for him to not – there was no reason for a lot of these guys not to be rotational pieces. <laughs> I mean, but – Again, we're all we're gonna continue to circle back to Doc Rivers. Um, it just is what it is. We're gonna and this is it for me with Doc Rivers. I, I was gonna I was gonna go on an entire fire Doc Rivers campaign this offseason, but I was talked into listen, let's give him this is it. He's on the hot seat. This is the this is the year. If if it goes like this next season, I'm on I'm on, I'm gonna lead a fire Doc Rivers parade around Philly and <laughs> I mean it's gonna be obnoxious. Seriously. I'm going to make him want to leave Philly. He won't even have to get fired. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chat, man. 500 in here. Once again, hit that like button wherever you're watching. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're watching as well, man. Uh, we're consistently covering this team. We'll be breaking everything down that you need to know. Call into the show, man. Come on. We need some thoughts. Somebody has to bring the fire, man. Tell us what's going to happen tomorrow. Give us some thoughts on P.J. Tucker. Whatever else is on your mind. Maybe you're a frustrated Sixers fan. Calling to the show, man. We, we got a dual stream running here. We got people watching from everywhere. So give us some thoughts, man. The number down below on the screen. We got CP with a $2 donation. He says, any interest in Kyle Anderson? Um, I would pass on him. I would Slow pass. Slow-mo. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> have you seen him shoot the ball? Oh, my God. That guy has the worst jump shot I've ever seen. It's like 1A one and one one B, Joakim Noah and Kyle Anderson. <laughs> He's, been, uh, he's yeah. not that. I mean, if it was like one mil minimum deal, I wouldn't mind him. He, he's actually a pretty good defender, low key. Yeah. But I, not something I want. I, I don't know if he would go over well with Philly fans, man, with that jump shot. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Time Cop with the $5 donation he says, we should trade Thibel because he'll document being traded on YouTube and it'll be good content. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Trade vlog. Trade vlog. But, hey, we got uh, somebody on the line. Let's go to uh, Kashila. Kashila on the phone line. What's going on? How you doing? What's up, guys? First off, I want to say uh, long-time listener of all three of you guys. I'm a big fan. Um, my take is about the 23 pick. Um, so I understand, like, I've heard a lot of people talking about the number 23 pick, trading you away and all that. And I understand. Um I will, I stand with like DJ Eastwood. I've heard him say this like twice now in these live streams. If this whole thing with MB goes belly up, goes up the flames, I agree. You know, well at least that's Tyrese Maxey. But at the same time, I believe with this pick, two things you can you can find good players in that spot. I, I see three. I see Wendell Moore. I see Dalen Terry, and I see Tari Eason. I think those are guys who can kind of support this team almost immediately. They all three of them have defensive prowess and they have good offensive upside. But with that being said, I do understand trading that pick away because we have almost no draft capital in future seasons. So I could see Daryl Morey trading the pick, trying to get a second rounder or at least like a f next year, a second rounder or a third rounder, just something to supplement the team. So we have something in our back pocket. So that's my take. 
I think there are players we can get at 23, but I understand trading it away. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think, you um, you know, the guys you mentioned are definitely good pieces. I don't know if they'll be available, you know, at that point. But, um, I mean, you know, like I said, we we just need talent, right? We need to get better. Um, I, I think there's multiple ways you could go about it. I think, uh, you know, we're going to try to hit a leverage play going for the future and, and trying to make this team better. But maybe these guys disagree with me. Yeah, people in the chat are saying if Ter- if Tari Eason falls, and I agree with that, but I don't think he's going to fall. Uh, he's just too – too good of NBA size and skill to, to fall down to 23, I think, even if, you know, for whatever reason they had people had him falling in the draft or something like that. I don't see people passing on him. Um, if he would, I'd be there for it. But, again, does Ooh. Doc Rivers even know who that is and would he play him? Would, would you guys be interested? Because the Rockets came out and said they don't want any more picks, but they might be interested in a swapping. So say we put Thibel in the deal, make it more enticing. And then we add our 23rd pick. You think they would be willing to add Eric Gordon and the 17th pick? And then we could get Eric Gordon and Abaji from Kansas because I think that's his range. You think that would be possible or would the Rockets say heck no to that? I don't think they would accept that. Um, I think the Rockets are intent on trying to get a first rounder and more. Um, and. Yeah. I don't know. It, but in terms of Akbaji, he's one of my favorite players in this draft. I mean, if there's a way you could get him, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I, I don't see the Rockets taking that, though. I feel you. 267, you still on the line? Yep, I'm still here. Um, I will say all my all the three, my favorite one is Dalen Terry because one thing I've seen about I've seen with him and I love is that he has a work ethic like Tyrese Maxey. It rivals Tyrese's. And this has been my mindset since the whole Ben Simmons situation. We need more guys who will actually show that they not only want to make it to the league and just use it as to be a celebrity, but they actually get to the league and want to be better from day one. Mm-hmm. Like Tyrese says, he likes to get 1% better every day. And I believe playing more people on this team like that and that share that mentality will really help this team in the long run. Yes, we need dogs. Yes, we need guys like P.J. Tucker. But I believe we need guys who also show, have a high work ethic and want to be better and not just want to be in the league and have a spot. Yeah, I agree, man. Hey, we, re- we really appreciate the call, man. Great insight. Great call. Thank you, man. No problem. Appreciate you guys. Thanks appreciate it, coverage. man. You know, that, that's a good point, man, that he, that he brings up. Um, I was talking about this yesterday. You know, I, I think that, one thing I evaluate, because, you know, like DJ said, like you can have guys that flop. You, you got sleepers late in the first round. One thing I always look at is a guy's character, right? What does he talk like in his pre-draft interviews, right? Does he love the game? Is he going to be out there? I, th- I feel like we, we got so, you know, just pleasantly j- just surprised and just welcomed with Tyrese Maxey. Like we're seeing training videos of this kid. We know it's actually going to translate to the game. This kid went to the, you know, third best three-point shooter in the league in in one year. Like, and he's only 21. Like, the sky's the limit. And I think we really need to put an emphasis on that. So I agree with the caller. Um, We can't have any more guys, you know, that we have questions about. You can't look at their weaknesses on their draft report and say, oh, well, you know, has trouble leading, has trouble, you know. Max is the kind of kid that, you know, NBA teams probably have to call him and be like, take a week off, man, stop. You know what I mean? <laughs> Take a break. Stop. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, we've had the Ben Simmons of the world who buys a house and doesn't even have a basketball hoop in the driveway. Tyrese Max is the exact opposite. That kid just thinks, eats, and sleeps basketball. Uh, yeah, and those that's the kind of players you look for, and that's that should be what we're looking for. We should be looking for a mindset type of thing at, at 23 versus – you know, potential or this kid is six seven, two forty, yeah. so maybe we can turn him into a basketball player. Like I'm over that kind of stuff now. Um so yeah, I, I agree with you on the on the mindset thing, man. And we got we got lucky that Tyrese Maxey fell the way that he did. And I'm just I don't even know what to expect in year three because he blew me away. Changing his jump shot form, people don't talk about that enough. Like it, it the ball is higher when he releases it. He I don't even it's hardly possible for players to change their jump shot form. Lonzo Ball did it too. It impresses me because you, you did something one way your whole life and then you got to try to change it. Uh, so who knows what he could do with another offseason, man. I'm, I'm hyped for that uh, from Tyrese Maxey. And, yeah, you know, uh, that's what we should look for in players. It has to be a mindset thing. You, you don't build culture randomly. Uh, build it from the ground up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chat, man. We'll probably be on for a little bit longer. So if you want to call in, I see a lot of people, man, in the chat. You know, a lot of people giving their thoughts. We appreciate it. A lot of people saying that we don't know what we're talking about. We're wrong. People going <laughs> Thanks for the view. Hey, man, call into the show. Give us some thoughts, man. You know, give us some thoughts, man. What do you think about tomorrow night? How about a question for you guys, man? Um, is there anything you could see happening tomorrow night that may be an underrated move or maybe an out of the blue type of move? Or do you think we just trade Danny Green or Matisse Stiebel? What do you guys think? Is there a possibility of a Tobias trade or, or just something yeah. to throw us off? What do you guys think? Can I, can I throw out a Tobias trade that I've been thinking about? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So I think the Kings <laughs> are a team. You could sit them down and you could be like, yo, Harrison Barnes is on a one-year deal. You don't really need him. You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't think this would even involve Tobias Harris. I forgot. But so Harrison Barnes on a one-year deal. Justin Holiday is also there. And watching him last year with the Kings, you could tell they really didn't have a role. He, he didn't have a role. He seemed kind of out there. And then Terrence Davis, another bucket getter on a one-year deal. So they're all expiring, and they all don't seem to be a part of the future plan for the Kings. So I sit them down and I'm being like, yeah, you're, they're not a part of your future. So how about you take on Danny Green, who you could just wave, you know, whatever. And we'll give you Matisse Thibel. We'll give you Furcon. And then we'll give you a 23rd pick as well. So you can not only have the fourth pick, but you can also um, have the 23rd pick. And then you get Matisse Thibel, who could be a very good defensive player next to De'Aaron Fox. Would do you think that would entice them enough? And then if you got that, if you got that done, it takes pressure off of you to trade Tobias Harris because you got a replacement for Tobias Harris. You got Harrison Barnes. So you could basically just trade Tobias for, you know, anything at that point. Does that make sense? What is the Kings plan though? <laughs> they they want to compete. They traded <laughs> they a 21-year-old future. They traded a 21-year-old prospect point guard for for Sabonis. And, and yeah. I, I have a feeling the Kings are going to trade pick number four tomorrow night. You know, they exactly. have Ivy sitting right in their hands. Um, you know, one of the most enticing prospects in his draft. You know, we, we kind of know what the big three or the top three are probably going to be. Um, would the Kings really pass up that opportunity to, to draft Jaden Ivy? 
I could see it being a Kings thing. Um, and I, I just don't know what their what their plan is, you know, like you said. But um, yeah, I think anything would entice the Kings at this point. I wouldn't be mad at it. The thing that I could see happening that that is unexpected is a three-team trade involving Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, and the number 23 pick. Mm. Um, bringing back... I didn't think about it enough to know teams yet. I'm going to go Chicago. They, they've been, some of their beat reporters have been talking to Heil Matisse Thibel and what they need defensively. Well, please, where do I sign? Uh, so, you know, Kobe White maybe from Chicago or some other players. I don't know. I didn't think about it enough. But I, a three-team trade could smack us in the face right when right when uh right when uh what's his name walks out with the announcement um the hell's his name adam silver yeah that guy <laughs> <laughs> i think my i think my bold take would be a tobias trade involving the pacers uh involving malcolm brogdon in some sorts Ooh. um you know a lot, lot of noise around the pacers this week um maybe they're trying to get a different fit in there they're probably gonna send off miles turner eventually so I don't know, man. It'd be interesting. It'd Denver's be interesting. Heil, Denver's Heil, Matisse Thibel too. Denver also is in this like we need uh, a football player to anchor our defense, so might hey, have to like, sell him high to Denver too. I like Barton, man. I like him. Um, eh. One year deal. One year deal, man. Barton, Barton twenty nine, twenty nine years old, I think. He's 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 always injured. He's weird. Hey, you'd be a little more productive than yeah, I want weird. weird. I want weird players. I wouldn't give up Thibel and a pick for him. Now, Bogdanovich, like you were saying, your other stream, Eastwood, I would love Bogdanovich because he's a yeah. wing. Will Barton's kind of small, too yeah, skinny for my liking. Just a weird player. The Hawks are on a fire sale too, man. Yeah, Bogdanovich, you're yeah. right. When, when I when I look at Thibel in the 23 pick, it sounds like a lot. And then you look at guys that are like career bench players, and you're like, yeah, we want to anchor, we want to improve our bench, but do we want to give up that much to for mm -hmm. one guy like that? So Bogdanovich, I think I would be totally comfortable giving up Thibel in 23 for, um, yeah. you know, 29 years old, 39% three-point shooter on 7.5 attempts per game. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. man. Interesting. Uh, we'll we'll take a few more final calls and we'll hop out of here. Let's go to my guy, the OG, Rick Bennett. Rick, what's going on? Rick going once. Yo, what's going on? I had to take my phone off of speaker. What's up, Rick? How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. How's everybody doing? I'm a fantastic fan of Rump and run it back. Thank you. Thanks, Thank man. You. Now, I do have a couple things on the the agenda, if that's okay. Yep. Number one, I think it's going to be RB's birthday soon. So everybody shout out RB for his birthday. And I forget when it, when it is. I know it's soon. It's on Monday. It's on Monday. Happy birthday. Uh, Happy birthday, RB. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Number two, as Rob would say a lot, Doc is trash. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, quoting, and quoting the great Nobody's Rob. disagreeing with that. <laughs> great Rob. Yep. Nobody's disagreeing with that. And the, reason, yep, and the reason why I say that is everything hinges around how Doc 
coaches. We can have a – let me stop for a second. Do we just have one pick in the whole draft and that's it? Yep, yep, just pick 23. Holy bleep bleep. <laughs> <laughs> so we could trade that and have no draft at all. We'll just turn this – if we're streaming the draft, we just shut it off. All right, we're done. Yeah, one trade and yeah, we're I good. I realize that. I did not realize that until now. We just have one pick, and and now I understand why you're having this podcast right now. Now, going back to Doc is, I wanted him gone at the end of the season. I want him gone, out, O W U T out, and. My thing is, maybe I'm being a negative fan, but I think we could be in the bottom seats, like eight, nine, ten. Mm. Here's a doc this year. Ooh. That'd be a good uh, way to get him out of here. I, <laughs> yeah. That'd be a great way to get him out of here. And if he continues to have his news conferences where he says, I'm wrong. I'm right, and everybody else is wrong. Then the media should come go after him. Oh, they will. They will go after. Him. <laughs> That's the thing about it. I, I said, I said just this last season. I don't think he wants to be in Philly because he doesn't seem like he likes to be here. He hates the media. The every fan in the city hates the guy. And another year of him doing the same thing and and, and get, getting the same result. It's the pressure's just. This is the wrong city, man. Like. They're going to start to show up to games with Fire Doc Rivers signs hanging from the banners. Like, it's going to get bad, you know. So, if they won't fire, maybe we can run them out of town. And I think – and if I'm wrong, the Sixers maybe at least 10 games above 500 this season. That's it. Mm. <laughs> And if I'm wrong, I may have to sing a shared song during the, the stream. So I'm going to be <laughs> bold about that. Hey, Rick, I, ho- I hope you are wrong, Rick, because if you're, if you're <laughs> anywhere near right, man, I mean, <laughs> then we don't have a first-round pick next year. Brooklyn benefits from it. And then where do we go? I mean, we got a couple seconds next year, but then it's going to be like a fire sale, man, a couple years, so. I hope not. Hey, at least, we, not. at least we'll be back to having lottery parties and things like that. Could, could you imagine going through, going through, uh, you know, a twenty-win team covering this team? Oh man! Before I go, my hot take is right, James it. Harden and Joel Embiid will coach. They'll say, <laughs> "Doc, sit the f down." We will. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, man. I, I like thought it. he was going to say they will coach the all-star team or something. I love it, man. I love <laughs> it. coach a celebrity softball game. Could you imagine? Man. Hey, got to have the, the, the trust your players. Rick, shout out to you. Let's go rapid fire. We have uh, Faust. Faust on the line. What's going on, man? Yo, what's going on, Ron? P.J. Eastwood. What's up, man? So if we get P.J. Tucker tomorrow and we use our pick, we're getting a 37-year-old, and then we're not going to have another first-round pick till 2027. Am I right? No, he's a, no, he's an unrestricted so free agent if you opted out. Not. We'd have to ride with a $150 million hardened contract for three years, 
we'd have to deal with Embiid for three years, who if we don't make it to the finals, he might want out at that point. Then what do we do? He can't want out. I mean, he's got, what, three, four years left on a contract? But I, I get what you're saying, you know, the frustration mounting for sure. Yeah, the frustration mounts. We're dealing with P.J. Tucker and Harden, who played together already. They didn't do much. P.J. Tucker recently with Miami, they didn't do much. It was all Jimmy Butler, you know? So uh, it's like, what are we really doing? I think we have to get go out, like Rom said, and get a young guy because if we don't get young core now, what are we going to have for the future? We're only going to have Maxi, and if we have Bassi or any of the other young guys like Isaiah Joe, unless we trade them. I don't know, man. I would like to go out and get a young guy. I don't, I don't know about P.J. Tucker, but I would just need somebody grindy, but I want to go out and get a young guy like Karis LeVert or Wiggins would have been perfect, man, but he's locked up now. So, Yes. Yeah, that's it, man. Hey, man. All right, good take. Appreciate it. Um, I got to disagree a little bit because I feel like, well, at least where I view this team at, like you can go young, but can you really go young when you have, you know, three guys – with 30 million plus contracts, and then you're gonna have to pay Tyrese Maxey. Personally, I feel like it's like a two to three year window. You gotta go in right now. You gotta get pieces to try to win. And if you don't, you might have to blow it up. But I, I don't know, man. It's kind of a hard predicament to try to do both at once, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah you, you can't you can't come in with the mindset of what are we gonna do four years from now? Like you just can't do that. The, it, to, like the the we'll cross that bridge when we get to it thing or fall off the bridge or drown under the bridge, whatever it is, it's that's what's gonna happen in four years. We can't have that mindset. We here's the reality. This is going over a cliff no matter what in four or five years. So try to win now and fall off the cliff or draft some younger guys and try to have some longevity and still kind of be halfway falling off. I mean, I don't know. Like, do you want to win something or do you want to be the 2011 Sixers that are going to be just good enough to make the playoffs, never good enough to get back to the top of the, never bad enough to get back to the top of the draft. Yeah. Like it has to be one extreme or the next. And if, if, if it fails and in four years, we're back in uh lottery mode. I'm fine with that. As long as we're bad enough to get to the top of the draft. That's my thing. I don't want to ever be mediocre ever again. I don't you mm-hmm. here. here. Here's the thing about picks. We shouldn't even be worried about picks. That's the thing. Because I want to keep this year's pick or at least have one pick this year. But the thing is, you know, if this fails, we got to go all out. So give up all the assets. And then once this fails, we can just give up Joel Embiid and get a a boatload of picks in return. In like four years if this fails. So ultimately, we have a way out to get more picks. Joel Embiid. So we shouldn't be worried about picks because at the end of the day, if this fails, um, we have Joel Embiid. So we should pretty much give up every pick to try to get as much help as possible because eventually, probably two years down the road, three, if we keep failing, I mean, I think both sides are going to come to an agreement and be like, yeah, Joel, I think it's best for you to go and I think um, it would be best for you. So. Yeah. yeah. How do you guys feel? How do you guys feel about uh, part owners selling their stakes in the team? Because you know this is what billionaires do. They watch the they watch the market, right? And when when things are in the green and trending up, they're all in. When things start to plateau and potentially in five years be on the downside, they're like sell. So people started selling already. You know what I mean? Michael Rubin, uh, Scott O'Neill got out last year. Um, the Josh Harris sold a 5% stake to, to some other rich person. I don't know the details of that. I'm just saying, like, what do you guys think of that? Do you think, like, the owners are all starting to say, like, eh, maybe this is going to start to go downward in three or four years. Maybe I should get out now. 
I think with Ruben, it was more of like a conflict of interest, especially since his uh, fanatics company is just so, you know, just incredibly good and just continuing to rise. Um, I mean, you make a good point, though, right? Like, you know, these guys are about business, right? They want to increase their wealth. Um, hey, who knows? Um, I I don't know, man. I I, th I would still buy in on the Sixers right now, at least for a couple years. Give it one more chance. You have a generational great in Joel Embiid. You try to make it happen. If not, well, you might lose some of your value. But I, I, I don't think we're done by any means, you know. Um, I think we got a couple chances at this. I'm ready to see something happen, man. Hey, I agree. CP with the $2 donation to buy some thiable for Collins and Bogdanovich. Could not see the Hawks doing that. Yeah. that's the thing with every tobias trade it's just it's not gonna work out unless you want to give them to like the cabs maybe or yeah i don't know you I, gotta I trade you gotta trade a bad contract for a bad contract in my opinion to get off of them i agree i think more shopping them i think he's you know one by one trying to get these guys going and and i think he understands what we need to do but it's still you know a little while away but uh Shot I would love to be able to hear the phone calls. I would love to be able to hear the phone calls, like just how probably blunt Daryl Morey is on the phone. You know what I mean? He's probably like, he's oh, probably yeah. like, listen, man, I understand he's overpaid. I understand he's a 17 point per game player, but listen, we'll attach the first round pick or something. Well, man, you, you know, what's funny about that. Like the crazy thing that I think about is he probably has Elton brand right there in the room with him. You know, <laughs> so Elton's thinking like, my gosh, like, what did I do? Um, it's just just kind of funny to me um shout out to everybody in the chat man we'll go one more call we got Ann coming in shout out to all the callers man bringing the insight let's go finish us off and what's going on on the line hey what up hey what's going on uh, I, uh nothing man i was just listening to the show you know i just want to say what's up uh triple r you know from south philly so we make all the names short love it <laughs> Love it. But, um, dope. I like it. Well, that's dope. So uh, I just want to say, as far as the work ethic goes, I was um, listening to the uh, last caller talking about, like, the, the young guys and stuff like that. To me, it's, it's, it's kind of pointless for us to have a young core because Doc is a I like old veterans over young core type of guys. Like, he, to me, it seems like he always gives the young core, like, trouble and trust. And, and I don't think, you know, our young core will be able to develop under Doc. I mean, Tyrese Maxey is a different type of talent because he's like an aggressive young guy that really cares for his work ethic and he's aggressive. And it's like Doc, I, I don't think our young core is going to get a chance to shine as much as I want them to. So when it comes to that, I'm just I'm out on that. But the whole get rid of Doc thing, I mean, it's like, what, what what will other players look at our organization as if we just keep switching coaches? It's just going to look like, you know, it's kind of unstable. You know, yeah, I want to get rid of them too. But it's like, we got to start to have a consistent structure so, you know, our play can be better and consistent because, you know, like the players just keep getting under different coaches. It's like the play is going to be terrible. Like, it's like, James Harden is already struggling with trying to get into Doc's rhythm. And I kind of see what Paul George is talking about now, now that I've seen how everything <laughs> unfolded at the end of the season. And um, my second thing about the uh, Tyrese Maxey video, I'm glad that, he, you know, his 
training videos, you know, is bringing me, bringing me, it's bringing me back because uh, at the end of the season, I was about like two or three sections away from James Harden, and that shit pissed me off. So I I I literally like it ruined my night because I was just like I was having fun, you know, we got a couple bottles and everything. And I was just like, I don't wanna fucking be chilling a couple seats away from this motherfucker. He should be in the club. Mindset, fuck the club. I wanna work out. I mean <laughs> what do you think? Well, I'm 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 thinking I'm glad I wasn't there as well. I probably would have been just you know pissed off out of my mind. Um, but I mean I think you make a valid point about you know like continuity, keeping keeping some of the guys together. Um, and that's what I think we're trying to do. I think we're trying to keep a little bit of a stable core and, and upgrade around them. You know, um, but yeah, it, it is nice to see Maxi hitting some shots and knowing you know it'll actually translate, not just off season videos. You know. Mm-hmm. Did you say he was a, a, in the same club as James Harden? Is that what you said? I thought he said yeah, he was like was, at the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, he was out in uh, Noto in Philly. Oh, you were in the same club oh. as James Harden, oh. and he was mad yeah. that James was partying. Yeah. yeah, you know what I would have done? I would have walked up to him and told him I can beat him one on one, just to piss him off, and then maybe he would play me in the parking lot, and I could get it on video. <laughs> <laughs> was was this after Game Six or what? They had about three or four security guards, but you know he hang with the rappers, which I don't like, um, because sure like does. you you worried about something else than what we want you to be focused on, like because you know us us Philly guys like show us your hard work, you know, and we'll respect you, you know, if like we didn't want you to come here to be hanging out with the the, the rap scene, like they ain't what we paid you for, like you know ball out and then do that, don't. Perform how you perform, and then come and hang out with us like that. No, we don't. We don't do that here. We're the same people that kicked Ben Simmons out of David's Chinese store down on Vine Street. <laughs> like <laughs> they booed, he was walking out of a coffee shop and they booed him all the way back to the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'm like, I'm, it was just hard for me because, like, you know, we diehard fans and. You know, if you give us our your all, give us our your all, we respect you. You know, but when you that man, that performance, man, it, it made me sick to my stomach. And then Jimmy Butler made it worse, talking about he missed being here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's tough. So it's like, and 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 I enjoy the Maxi training video so much because, you know, that that trauma from Ben Simmons. You know, uh, putting up two jump shots each summer and uh, lifetime fitness. <laughs> <laughs> lifetime fitness against some randos. It's like, it's like, <laughs> like, like you shoot in the summer in a gym that don't pay you, and then come to the gym that pays you and don't shoot. I, I'm glad we got rid of that problem. But I love y'all guys. Take man, I appreciate y'all for having me on. Man. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate the call. Great way to end it off. How about James Harden in the club, a couple rows away? Doing his thing. Oh man, we gotta hope. We're putting our money in on James Harden. Put yeah, in the- I, uh, a lot of people get mad when I talk about his lifestyle and stuff, but uh, and, and like you know, don't judge somebody by whatever. But I I do judge because I I question what are your values uh, in life, and then I you know because I'm trying to gauge whether you value trying to win in the NBA or just enjoying being a celebrity and like. 
You know, I don't know. I don't like it either, man. I don't like a guy that's always out here acting like some big time, you know. But again, people reach a certain amount of money, and I guess maybe there's no option but to be that way because you're mega rich. You have to hang out with mega rich people, I guess. You can't just hang out with normal people. You can't be George Niang sitting at a normal bar after the game because nobody knows who he is. I don't know. Well, at the end of the day, let's – Let's just hope he gets better and healthier, man, and um, you know, comes back and shows us stuff. I mean, Philly fans will be on edge. You know that, man. Uh, he's gonna have to come back and prove it. Um, but really, big step in our offseason is tomorrow night. We got to see what happens. Either we get a player or we make something happen. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Again, hit that like button. Thank you all, you know, for coming out tonight. Great callers, man. Great comments in the chat. We appreciate everybody. Uh, Romp, DJ, appreciate you guys, uh, you know, coming on here, man. It, it was fun talking with you guys. Yeah, man. It was a good time. It's a great time. Any last positivity for us? Um, <laughs> we are screwed. <laughs> Brutally screwed. Now I'm it's excited to see what happens James. tomorrow. It, it's all about... James Harden, Joel Embiid, and Maxi taking another step, and honestly, like, that's really it, man. I don't, you know, I don't. I just think we're not as bad as people think we were. Which just our our main guy was injured again, and if he's injured again next season, you know, ah, then we are screwed. Because then we're like, listen, is this ever gonna happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, man, we'll see what happens. Shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Good talking with these guys tomorrow, 2022 NBA draft. Hopefully the Sixers do something, man, or else, you know, we got to hope and pray. But uh, see how it goes, man. Get us a player. Hopefully we get P.J. Tucker, Daryl Morey. Make some things happen, man. Push some buttons. See uh, if this team stays intact tomorrow night. RB, DJ Eastwood, Romp. Subscribe where you guys are watching, man. Hit that like button. Appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Catch y'all tomorrow, man. Draft night. Peace.